Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Buyer's Market Podcast. I'm Nathan Doyle. I'm here with Matthew Winkelstein, and this is our first episode of 2022. We're excited to be here. Matt, how are you doing this new year? I'm doing excellent. Happy New Year to everyone. Uh, glad to be back here. Glad to be back working with everyone and uh, excited about some of the future episodes that uh, we've been working on. Yeah, we've got a lot of exciting stuff planned for 2022. And as we've kind of been thinking about what we want to do. I know we closed 2021 talking about some of those ambitions. Uh, and it actually like rolls really nicely into one of what I wanted to talk about today in it's the new year. It is early January. We're going through this exercise right now of saying, okay, what do I want to accomplish in 2022, both as an individual and as an organization? And I think I'm not the only one doing this right now. I think you're, I know, I know for a fact that you're doing this right now. And I'm sure that a lot of our listeners are going through the same exercise of setting their New Year's resolutions, setting their goals for 2022, and trying to figure out, okay, what do I need to do to not fail at this after the first 30 days or so? Um, and I know for me personally, I really struggle with that. I'm I'm really good at either not making resolutions whatsoever or like getting about three weeks in and then just kind of getting distracted. Um, I, I tend to lose focus on whatever the thing is that I'm trying to accomplish because I get bogged down in work or bogged down with my kids or I, I find a convenient excuse that justifies why I don't do what I want to do in the first place. <laughs> um, and the thing that I've always thought is interesting about that is like as I, as I talk to clients about their digital marketing efforts and how they kind of lean into the digital space and in social media and things like that. There's a really real parallel there where you see companies come into this, this conversation saying, Hey, we really want to hit marketing hard, or we really want to hit social hard. And there's a lot of momentum and a lot of energy at first, and then they get into the grind of it and it gets hard and they just kind of stop. It like peters out or they stop thinking about, where they want to go with it. They stop thinking about how they wanted to use it um, and that 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 resolution fails. Uh, so Matt, I want to start this conversation off with why do you think that is? Um, what's what's the, the problem for most organizations trying to make that first step in a new year um, and what's keeping them from succeeding? Yeah, that that's a, a, a great topic. And um, I want to back up a little bit and I'm going to get, I'm going to answer your question, but I, I, I want to kind of close up something we've been talking about a lot and that's the, um, the effects of the pandemic. And so hopefully this is one of the last times we talk about the pandemic, but I think there's a lot of parallels here and things that we had seen from our customers and just people in the industry where when the pandemic took hold and people realized they weren't going to be able to be in front of customers as much, they almost everyone had the same knee jerk reaction. We need to do more digital. We need to do more stuff on LinkedIn. We need to do more stuff on Google. We need to create content. We need an email blast, if they were even that specific. And so you saw a lot of people just doing things on social media. And the people that have, or the companies that have progressed through, you can see they've established themselves. They have a good cadence, but there's 
a whole host of other companies that you can see where they started stuff and they stopped. And, you know, that's the interesting thing about digital, too, is unlike a New Year's resolution where, you know, I say I'm going to lose 10 pounds. And, you know, if you see me, maybe you can tell, maybe you can't. Uh, that digital footprint's always out there. You know, if you start a podcast and you don't post an episode for three years, that that history's still there. You, you know, don't have you, a podcast anymore. <laughs> no, you don't have a podcast anymore, but you still have that graveyard on LinkedIn or on uh, Apple Podcasts because I see ones that I have subscribed to previously. And so this brings me to your your initial question of why I think a lot of these things fail. And I think there's a lot of parallels there where um, people don't really know what they're doing or why they're doing it. They don't really understand the why. It's they know they need to do something, but they don't really know what and they don't know how. And they're still kind of question on like, why do we really need to do this? And so what we see a lot is you know, just like during the pandemic, there'll be people saying this year, hey, we need to get more active on social media. Hey, we need to do more digitally. Why do you need to do that? If you don't know your why, that's when stuff breaks down. To your point, when you're three weeks in to a 12-week goal, that's when it really starts to sit in. Everything gets harder. You know, the, the, the novelty of it wears off. And if you don't know your why and you're not real close to your why you're doing things, it's easy to let that slip by because it's you weren't doing it to begin with. Like, eh, this didn't work out. Let's just move on. Yeah, I think that's interesting because whenever you think about like how people approach their planning for the next year, there's there's a bunch of organizations out there uh, like the Content Marketing Institute that poll business leaders every year and poll marketers every year and poll business owners and all of these these key decision makers in the digital space and say, hey, what are you trying to accomplish next year? Where are you putting your funds? Where are you putting your money? Where are you putting your energy? And year over year, you see an increased investment in digital marketing. You see an increased investment in video. You see an increased investment in content development. And there's there's cor correlating stats between <clears throat> the number of people that are saying, hey, we want to do this versus the number of people who actually successfully execute <laughs> on the tail end. Uh, and so like, as you, you look at those, those growth habits and those growth patterns, I think what you were saying about understanding the why comes into a, a really kind of critical point in that conversation because, okay, video marketing, for example, we know video is everywhere and I could step into any organization and sell you in on a video package, but I'm not sure video is going to be the right solution for everybody because of the nature of audiences in this space, because different people have different tastes, different markets have different tastes, different markets have different preferences. And so what works for audience A isn't always gonna work for audience B. And that understanding why you're doing something, why you're pursuing digital marketing in the first place, why you're pursuing a specific avenue and a specific medium or method is really, really critical to the success of that initiative in the first place. If I can't say with confidence, hey, I want to, execute a digital marketing campaign because my sales team is short-staffed and I want to extend their reach and minimize their lead time. Um, I want to make sure my audience has a clear message of who we are and what we're doing instead of letting them kind of assume that. And I want to try to take some attention away from some other competitor that I have in this space that is very, very active on social. Like those are, that's those three feasible reasons that you can jump into digital marketing, but you have to do the work and say, okay, this is where I'm going with this. This is what I want to accomplish. 
Yeah, and and I think the work looks different depending on the industry you're in. So you have the benefit of coming from industries that are digitally advanced, and I, I we talk about that a lot. Like you bring a you bring an experience of where I kind of think where the future is at times because you've lived through these things that our industry is going. And so when you're in these more digitally advanced industries, there's a lot of talk about tactics because people generally understand the strategy. I would say in our in our industry, it's a mistake to talk about the tactics because um, you can end up in a situation like you just described. Like it does video content work the best? In in most cases it does. But if it's very difficult for you to produce video content, it's not it's cost prohibitive, you can't do it on a consistent basis, then video is not the right tactic for you in that moment. And so we do see a lot of that too. We, we get a lot of people that approach us with, um, you know, uh, the the when we get a new customer, the most challenging part is defining scope because people come to us with, we want to make videos, we want to post more on social media, we want to do this stuff. And so there's an iterative process trying to get to like, what's really driving this? And uh, taking a step back before you even get to the tactics and saying like, what are we trying to do from a business standpoint? What business goals are we trying to drive? I think is the first most important thing. Are you trying to recruit more? Are you trying to land jobs? Are you trying to gain unaided awareness in the markets that in the new markets that you serve? All these things. And when you start with the business unit objective and then you work backwards from there, that's when you end up getting into the tactics. And that's also where you get to the right forms of measurement because we talk a lot about business results and that's the end all be all. That's ultimately where you want to be. But if you're if you're looking at a content strategy two months in saying where are the business results, you're not giving enough time. And although you may generate some, um, being very honest, some of that's luck. It's it's tough to tell how you're going to do that on a short-term basis. Some things hit, some things don't. But factually, on a long-term consistent basis, this stuff works. And so what you need to be able to do is look at those business objectives, first of all, clearly define them, and then work backwards and say, okay, we want to be recognized more in this area. So what does that mean? So the first thing we need to do is grow an audience. So your first metric might be how many followers you have. And that's not the metric you want at the end of the year, but in the beginning of the year, that's the metric you need to know you're going in the right direction. So I think you brought up an interesting, an interesting point there on <clears throat> kind of the, the self-awareness that comes with metrics. Um, I, I know you and I talk about this, that we have this conversation a lot with the people that we engage with on a regular basis, but like there's there's a difference between quantitative and qualitative metrics. There's a difference between vanity metrics and metrics that drive actual impact for your organization. And like there's there's a general rule of thumb around like what does and doesn't move the needle for a business. But realistically, no one number is going to be the perfect number for every single effort. Like I can't tell you right now, hey, your engagement score on your social media is going to be the greatest indicator to whether or not you're succeeding in this um, because much like the the why and the, the types of mediums and methods that we were talking about earlier it's very hyper specific for your goals and for what you're trying to accomplish and who you're trying to talk to um, and i think that just that, that further emphasizes hey understanding the goals of your business unit what are the the metrics tied to your business unit and how can you identify those and create a, a plan and a strategy around achieving those metrics in a way that ties directly into what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, and it's a, it's a process, but you know, to your point, initially you have to, 
you have to start with more research than action. And I know that every like I love the people that that lean towards action because I'm an action person. And sometimes people mistake my action because I move quickly for that I don't do the research, but they just don't understand how much time I put into the research. I, you, I you're probably aware of that now. Um, in order to move quickly, you need to move slowly in the beginning, and that's counterintuitive. And especially on social, you know, people think that this stuff is magic. We talk about it all the time. I'd love to sell magic. It's way easier, but it's not. <laughs> it's consistent hard work. <laughs> um, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, I uh, had a, a manager that would always, always preach: haste makes waste. Take the time. Do the research. Do your due diligence so that by the time you're executing, you've ticked all the boxes. You've basically covered your ass to a point that, okay, you know as much as you can know going into the situation so you can make the best decision possible with the information that you have. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and I want to touch back on one more point you had mentioned previously um, about the metrics component because uh, I, I can see a situation where our industry is moving towards where B2B SaaS is moving away from because we're a little bit lagging behind. So there was a, a move, I don't know, four years ago, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less, where performance marketing really became the thing. If we spend X amount of dollars on ads, we're going to get Y amount of people that view it. That's going to be that many people that convert. And then you have those funnel metrics. And so you hear marketers in this space talk a lot about that where they got and this what they call lead gen hamster wheel. You hear certain people talk about that where they got in those situations where they were driven by the numbers and then they had to do all these wonky things to get the numbers right, but the numbers weren't directly correlated. And so they got themselves in a situation where they were so dependent on those objective numbers that they weren't listening to subjective information and you see the people that are really succeeding in b2b SaaS right now it's not the performance marketers that are blindly focused on the metrics it's people that are able to take the metrics look at the whole picture and also oh by the way talk to customers and understand like what they're actually saying about the things you're doing and then paint that whole picture and understand that the metrics loosely correlate with the results not directly and so I can see a situation where, you know, especially people in our industry where they they like numbers. And so we can provide you numbers all day. And some like I can you can get excited about that. But if you get too excited about that and too wrapped around that, you're going to miss the whole point of what you're trying to do. You're not trying to drive likes. You're not trying to drive engagement. You're trying to drive business. Yeah, and I think that's that's it's one of those like seeing the forest through the trees elements of <clears throat> especially when you start on social media you really want that dopamine engagement you want to see that heart light up you want to see the thumb the thumbs up pop up you want to see the likes and the comments and the attaboys that come in and give you that quick serotonin dip uh, which is all well and good like in the early stages it's a lot of fun it's really encouraging it's really um it feels good it's why social media is so successful and, and it's the, the the bag that comes with all of that um but like to what you were saying those hits don't translate to business success <laughs> they might be a brick in the road going there they're an impression they're one touch point in a sea or in a, in a, in a long long line of touch points that are going to lead you to the conversion that you're trying to get uh and so you can't Number one, get discouraged when you start creating content and it's not seeing the likes and the engagements and the comments that you want to see. But two, you can't take that as 
as an indicator of success right off the bat either. One of those two things are not part and parcel towards the, the business goals that you've set and that you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And, and it's so platform specific. You know, we're very, we're very active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is one of our main channels because we're, we're focused on B2B and um, people are less likely to like your stuff. And you hear, we hear about it when we, when we um, launch thought leadership programs where it's, you know, people are like, oh, I'm not getting enough likes and you got to like talk them off the ledge. It's like, Hey, it's okay. Then they go to their first conference and it's like, holy crap, so many people are talking to me about this. It's incredible. It's like, now you have a, a, a brief understanding of how many people are actually consuming your content. Um, you know, uh, if you if you had see if you saw my New Year's thing, you saw that I started a TikTok channel and uh, I was joking with someone. They were asking, how's the TikTok thing going? It's going great. I'm getting thousands of views. It's it's you know, it's it's awesome for for reach and all that stuff. I said, but, you know, the only thing is, you know, when I get 100 views on LinkedIn, it's 100 people that I want to communicate with. The thousand people that are liking my that are viewing my stuff on TikTok, I'm really excited that those 500 kids in India are liking my stuff, but I'm not sure that's going to help me that much. Yeah, well, that circles in so well to the the why part of this conversation, and not only is it like why you have your business goals and what why you're kind of trying to tie into those objectives, but okay, why are you using these platforms? You have to understand the audience that you're trying to contact and be able to speak to why you're trying to communicate with them um, and why you're using that specific place to do so. The, the reasons you use TikTok are not the same reasons you use LinkedIn. The reasons I use Instagram are not the same reasons that I use Twitter. And the way that I engage with an audience in both of those platforms is drastically different. So that, that, that's, I think, a very, very, a very easy takeaway for anyone trying to kickstart their own social media initiative in 2022. Don't treat every platform like it's the same. Understand the rules and the objectives and the the environment that you're stepping in, the audience and the expectations of that audience in that environment, so that whenever you step into that channel you can cater your messaging to the way that it works and to, to what their expectations are and adapt on the fly to a more professional audience on LinkedIn and to a younger audience on TikTok and to a more um, conversational audience on Twitter and to a more uh, relaxed, familial environment on Facebook. Just kind of ebb and flow based on the feedback that you get. None of this is set in stone ever. Yeah. Um, the, and I agree with that 100%. And you you jog something in my mind too that I see a bit, especially where you can tell teams get a little bit of more budget and they're able to do some things. And you see a lot of people doing their novel, like they're cool. I, I saw <laughs> I saw one the other day. It was this like Lego thing, and it was showing like side profile of a of a um, of a, a power generation plant. And it looked I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder how much time that took. Yeah. I wonder if you put that same effort and you put that time towards something else, what the results would be. And um, that that's to, to your point that you keep driving home of knowing your why. Because uh, if you don't know your why, then you're going to chase those likes. You're going to chase that engagement. And you're not really understanding why. You're just, you might be making good content, but is it really, is it serving the business needs? Um, and it's definitely a balance. Like you want to create entertaining content, but at the same time, you got to be careful of how much time you spend doing that, how much budget you put towards doing that, because that's not where you're going to get the results. If you're um, 
if you're if you're going on TikTok and making dance videos, you might get a TikTok following, but it's not the following that you're looking for. Um, if you look at my stuff on TikTok, I'm different than other people are on TikTok, but I'm also similar in a lot of ways. There's a certain there's a certain way the videos are done. There's all these kind of things, but I'm also being myself in that situation. I'm not doing dances. I'm not a dancer. Um, and so when people think about their company stuff, you see that sometimes where there's such a a, a felt need to be a part of pop culture when it's not necessary all the time. And you're not a B2C brand either. Like people are people aren't looking for you to make the clever, cool little video about the of, of with Legos and stuff. They're looking for you to inform how you help them and do it in an entertaining way. Yeah. So it's definitely the balance, but yeah. Well, and that's that's not to say like like if you want to go on TikTok and make dance videos for you, then by all means shake your butt <laughs> do your thing but <clears throat> but don't misunderstand what you're doing and why you're doing it um like I, I think it's really easy especially when you get into the thought leadership side of things and you try to like build individual brands it's very easy to kind of drink your own kool-aid and say like hey i'm doing this for the business when really you're just doing it for your own ego or for your own entertainment or for your own network and trying to build you might end up going and building an individual speaker keynote brand that's completely separate from the business that you're running but you got to treat that a little bit differently and you but there's an element of like responding and adapting and embracing what you're given by that space while still understanding, okay, this lives in bucket A and this lives in bucket B. Yeah. Um, and trying to figure out the best way to kind of balance those two ambitions. Yeah. Um, well said. And uh, just for anyone that's, I'll, I'll share a personal story of my own with this stuff. You know, I spent a lot of time on social media um, and I have a lot of reasons to be on social media, a lot of more business, but it's real easy to trick yourself that you're on there for business purposes. Um, I fell into that trap last year where I was checking social media way too much and I can justify it because I'm trying to understand the platform. And um, at the end of last year and going into this year, I put parameters around when I get on social media, why, and I try and write down the reason I'm getting on there before I do it. Definitely not succeeding all the time in that. But I think that is something you have to be cognizant of and understand like the psychology that works and everyone else works on you too. And if you aren't paying attention to what you're doing, you can get sucked into, you can get sucked into it. You can get, consumed by it in a certain aspect and that's not to your point like that's not what your goals are you know that's not what you're trying to achieve and i think the way you get there is similar to the way you get there to the very beginning of our conversation with new year's resolutions you have to be divorced from the short-term results because they may or may not come they're most likely not going to come you cannot start a 90-day program and then in 15 days be like i look the same this isn't working because that's not how it works. You have to be divorced from the short-term results. And in digital marketing, that's the likes, that's the comments, that stuff's great. That gets it out there, but you can't live and die by that with every single post and even worry about it on a weekly basis. You need to really look at it holistically and understand how it's actually affecting people and just distance yourself from that. Like, um, I have no idea how many likes our videos. Like, I, I don't know or don't care how many likes our videos get. I appreciate everyone that likes it because it, it distributes it. But I care a lot more when someone talks to me and says, hey, that was a great point in that video. I understand this better now. That's what I'm after. That's what we're after. Because that ultimately leads to a business result. That leads to understanding. That's what we're trying to do. 
25 people liking me saying a clever comment or Nathan saying a clever comment, that doesn't have the same effect, although it might feel better in your brain in the moment. Yeah, and ultimately it's because the goal of this podcast isn't to be clever or to gain likes, it's to drive understanding, it's to uh, create a foundation for organizational change as people try to like figure out how to better exist in a digital first market. Um, I want to, I want to kind of look into, you brought in the, the, your kind of personal experience on social media and your relationship with it, especially as a professional that, that, I mean, we thrive on understanding social media. <laughs> and if it, if we're not, I, cause I have the same problem here. If we're not careful, we fall into that trap of kind of self, con, um, convincing ourselves that we're working when we're not, I'll put it like that. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that's a, a good transition into how I want to wrap up today's episode. Um, but I want to talk about our goals a little bit for a second. Um, and I'm not talking about engaging perspectives, but Nathan Doyle, Matthew Winkelstein, and what we're trying to accomplish in 2022. Um, so I'm put you a little bit on the spot here. I'll start just to make things a little bit easier <laughs> for you. Um, my goals are, are relatively simple, I think. Um, when the pandemic started two years ago um so i quit smoking had a kid and pandemic all hit all within like a three-month window so i gained like 40 pounds in a very small and small amount of time um and i'm okay with that like that is what it is um but i also find myself just very very sedentary as of as of this this <laughs> stage in my life um and so the goals that i'm setting for 2022 are just to move um, I want to be up. I want to be a little bit more mobile. Um, I'm hilariously unflexible. Um, like I can barely touch my knees and like, it's, it's one of my wife's favorite things. It's like, Hey, Nathan, try to touch your toes because people don't believe it. And it's, 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 it's not embarrassing, but it is embarrassing. I just like how terrible that is. So I want to limber up a little bit, um, moving into the new year. Um, and I'm trying to right now look into, Number one, why? Because everything hurts because um, I'm just kind of sitting around most of the time and I live on a computer um, and how I want to accomplish that. So I've been going through and just trying to find like stretching routines and better uh, making specific times throughout the day to get up and get away from my computer and just walk around the house or chase my kid around or just just be a little bit more intentional about uh, how I'm moving throughout the day and how long I'm sitting throughout the day. Um, I started running last year, uh, for the first time in like 15 years. Um, it's a little bit cold here, so I'm considering looking into a treadmill and kind of, I'm trying to figure that portion out of it a little bit more. Um, but ultimately mobility movements, that's, that's my goal for 2022. Um, and I think that has some professional correlations there as well. What's going on in your world? What are your goals for 2022? So, um, this is the... I don't. I have some. I have some broader annual goals that I'm not really comfortable sharing, um, but kind of like New Year's type goals. Um, last year, you experienced it last year with me. So last year, uh, for the first time, I did uh, this 90 day challenge where I didn't drink alcohol, I didn't smoke of any kind, um, I didn't drink coffee for 90 days, and I didn't drink caffeine for two weeks. I think that was 
I think that was the extent. I also had some other things like I wanted to meditate daily and I wanted to um, I wanted to journal. And so I started all that stuff last year and I did it for 90 days and I was mostly successful. I, I drank a couple times. I smoked a couple times. And but overall, I felt really good and I thought it was a success. So this year I wanted to do the same thing, but I wanted to step it up a little bit more because I. I don't, my wife says this is where I'm not right in the head because I randomly do this at the end too. I'll explain how I did it to myself again this year. Um, but I want, I did want it to, I did want to expand it. And so I wanted to physically challenge myself like I did last year in the beginning of January and then add on to what I'm doing with the no list. So same things, I'm not drinking, I'm not smoking, I'm not drinking coffee for 90 days and I'm not doing caffeine for 14. I'm also not watching TV. Um, Monday through Thursday in, inside the house. So actually removing the fires, the streaming capability. So you can't just turn it on. Um, that's my bit. That's my big like kind of no ad. And then the challenge piece in the beginning of January is uh, I'm running 100 miles. And for some reason, running 100 miles wasn't enough, even though the most miles I've ever ran in a month are 50, is 51. Uh, I said, I'm gonna run 100 miles. I'm gonna run them all outside. Uh, and I'm gonna try and have a 930 pace. So those are my beginning of January goals. Um, and they aren't just because of, of me. I actually crafted those because of people in my life. So I'm trying to raise $5,000 for American Cancer Society. Um, Nathan and I have talked a little bit about some of the reasons why I chose running. Um, I personally would rather be a little bit overweight than a little bit underweight. It's like probably something from being a scrawny kid. I like to be able to think I can defend myself and fight if I had to. Um, but with that, uh, if you get cancer, and unfortunately, I know people that have, a lot of people that have, you don't really have a choice in what your body looks like. And I've watched people's bodies change in, um, in incredibly um, sad ways where people lose a lot of weight, people gain a lot of weight, they lose their hair, they do all these things. And so part of running, the, running all those miles is I know it's going to affect my body. And I'm going to follow up with a marathon in April. Um, but I tried to do something where it's 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 not only benefiting myself, it's benefiting other people. Um, and I'm doing something that truly challenges me. The most miles I've ever ran in a month are 51. It was November of last year. And November, in December of last year, I had tendonitis in my ankle and a couple other things where I had to stop running. And my pace in November was 10.01. So in order for me to be able to get to a 9.30 pace and run 100 miles, I'm going to have to do a lot of things. I know how it's going to affect my body physically because I can't lift as much and I just don't have the same appetite when I'm running that much. So it truly is challenging myself, but it's challenging myself for like my reason why. Like I don't, I, I don't, I haven't felt like running. I only feel like running a couple times, but I'm thinking about the people I'm trying to raise the money for. I'm thinking about um, what other people have gone through. And if I can raise awareness and I can raise money for this as a direct impact of the money, but hopefully it also raises more awareness. Long-winded, but a lot there. <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, I'm glad I led. I'll, I'll put it like that. I was gonna say you're making me look bad, but no, dude. It's it's all it's. <laughs> hey, it's uh, it's it's all the seasons in your life too. Um, yep. uh, hey, uh, I you know maybe we um, can we both announce our big news right now? Sure, I think that's good. So uh, Nathan and I uh, are both um, are are we're both pregnant. Not us physically, our wives obviously. Yeah, but, independently. <laughs> yes, ind independently. Great point. Um, and so we both have children. Uh, our multi Nathan's having his third. I'm having my second. Uh, we're both due around the same time, uh, the beginning of May or end of April. Uh, and so there's a lot of uh, there's this season in my life, it's kind of like, if not now, when, and if yeah. not now, why there's so many reasons around like giving up good to being great. Like 
like doing these things that are hard, but it's hard building towards something. So I want to be in the best physical shape I can be in for my children, especially my, my son's three years old now and he's, it's hard for me to keep up with them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, there's so many good reasons and I'm not saying I'm going to do this in every season of my life. You know, it, it depends on what's going on, but in this season it feels right and that's why I'm doing it. So, yeah, no, and I think that's a, that's a similar thing with me. Like I, I can keep up with my kids pretty well, but it's the like, the afterwards where I'm like, okay, I just threw a six-year-old around for an hour and now everything hurts again. That shouldn't be, I'm, I'm too young to, to have that going on right now. Yes. <laughs> but, well, awesome, man. Um, I am excited for what 2022 holds. Uh, I know you are as well. And I hope for our listening audience that you share uh, a similar optimism. I know 2020 and 2021, have kind of been a kick in the teeth for a lot of people. Um, so first off, I want to congratulate all of you on making it this far, on being here with us, on joining us uh, for the wild and crazy adventure that will be the future to come. Uh, and I hope that whatever your circumstances are, that you're stepping into 2022 with confidence uh, and with grace and with compassion for the people around you. Um, Again, my name is Nathan Doyle. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and any of those places. But more importantly, you can find us at engagingperspectives.com. Matt, anything you want to add before you wrap up? Nothing bad there. Well said. Right. You can just find him on LinkedIn, Matthew Winkelstein, and you can find us on podcast or any of your podcast platforms, whether it's Apple Music, um, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your podcast choice is. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you. All right. That was a good episode that we threw together. Yeah, it worked out well. Best. I can't. <clears throat> I got to hit the record button. Ugh.